This is e-commerce FM, the e-commerce SEO podcast with Rob Carey and Matt Young. So yes, hello and welcome to another episode of e-commerce FM. This is your e-commerce SEO podcast. My name is Matt Young, one of your co-hosts, and this man is Rob Carey. Hello, how's it going? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. We've had a busy week between us, haven't we? It's always busy here, yeah. Um, But yeah, looking forward to this uh, episode, talking about content a bit more. Yeah, it's interesting. So uh, we're working our way through lots. There's so many topics to cover, but the one that we've chosen today is blogging for e-commerce websites. Now, I I, I know this is a really popular topic, so uh, let's get straight into it. Uh, And I'm going to ask you the silly, obvious question to start off, as I tend to do at the beginning of all the episodes. Should e-commerce sites create their own blogs? Well, you won't be surprised by the answer. Yes, they should do. Um, it, it requires a strong commitment, though. You know, it's not something you should take lightly. There's nothing worse than a blog that gets deserted and has stale content on them. There's some people that post their blogs rarely, and that's not always a bad thing. But at the opposite ends, there's people that post their blogs every single day just for the sake of it. And that's not a good thing, even for SEO. You know, every single page should have a purpose and a value to it. And if you're blogging daily just for the thing of it, it can seem really shallow and soulless. And also, nobody's be able to read every single one of those blog posts as well. You know, if you've got a committed readership, they want to be able to follow everything that you're doing. And as soon as you go daily, it's just not possible to keep up with that. So you need to work out what's best for your customers as well. So every single customer is different, you know, whether it's B2B, B2C, whether you're in a a huge industry or a very, very small niche. So try to look at what your competitors are doing as well in terms of how regular they push out content. But you don't have to just copy everyone else. So, you know, give it a go and see what fits you uh, best of all. Usually that will be either a weekly or a bi-weekly post of some really valuable content. And as you said, obviously, it's it's an extra commitment we're asking people to commit to here and, you know, creating a blog for the website as well as everything else they have to do with, you know, running an e-commerce website. So should companies outsource the content production, Rob? Well, definitely don't outsource to a cheap SEO content writing service such as Fiverr or Textbroker. Um, not for your blog anyway you know your blog is the soul of your company it needs to show passion and knowledge for your products and give your customers value you know by reading your blog your readership and your customers are giving you their time which is a very valuable thing to them so in exchange you need to give something back to them you need to give this knowledge to them so write for your customers and not for search engines don't just create a list of keywords that you want to rank for and tell someone to include that keyword in each of the blog posts to try and fool Google. You know, you should be writing for your customers as a primary objective and then the search traffic will come off the back of that as well. You know, this is also a conversion factor as well. You want to make sure that you're writing in a way that people really want to get behind your company and want to buy your products. Try to get the person that knows the most about your product within your company to write the articles and see if they're able to write that, say, once a week to start off with. You know, you shouldn't just get the office junior or an intern to start writing this content because it's going to be just as bad as if you bought it from someone in India who's just writing randomly about the, um, the topic that you asked them to write about. You want the real expert to be writing this information so that people do get value from it. 
If your product is very technical, consider either two blogs or two categories within your blog. One which is for the technical information, for the geeks, the people that really love like the nitty gritty, the numbers, the background information. And another for the top level information, for the people that just love the product or people that are interested in your company as a whole. You know, you could get maybe the, the chief technical officer, the CTO to write all the technical gubbins and then the CEO or the person in charge of the product to write all the information about how your company goes about you know, sort of making the product or selling the product or uh, how your ethics affect the way that your business runs. If you don't have any spare time to write the blog in-house, you know, you can go for a third-party option. But if you've got enough revenue to justify it, maybe even consider hiring a dedicated full-time content manager whose sole purpose is to write the content for your blog, but also for your product pages and category pages. There's definitely enough work to justify a full-time role there. And this person should sit in the middle of your company as well. If you're back in the office environment, this person should easily have access to every single department and be able to talk to anyone from the person on the factory floor up to the CEO and be able to get the answers needed to put this content together. If you can't do that and you need to go for a third party, then look for the best industry experts or published authors or journalists that you can find. You know, this needs to really be invested in. So if you sell beer, for example, go to the Association of Beer Writers, which does exist in the UK, (laughs) and, you know, sort of find the true experts, the people that you see on TV all the time or published in newspapers. You know, these people are usually freelancers and they do take on extra work. So, you know, they could be the voice of your company if you can't have your own voice for the company. Another tact which a few brands have gone for is to get comedians to uh, write their content for them because sometimes it's less about looking at the technical details behind your product and more about having a humorous approach to either the lifestyle that you're recommending or the products that you're recommending or just to have something that brightens up people's day so they remember your brand and they keep coming back to your brand. Another option is actually to find your biggest fans, your top customers, and ask if they can write for you. You know, some of these people would be very happy to do it in exchange for free products even, or preview products which they get to review and talk about. You know, they can become your unofficial ambassadors. And as I said before, you know, don't scrimp on costs for this because this is the voice of your company. It's the soul of your company. So it's not something to cut back on. Some really good advice there, Rob. I love all that. Um, So not every company is maybe like an Apple or a Nike, you know, making innovative products every single day, developing new ones. What if you sell other people's products or you work in a relatively dry or, let's be honest, boring niche? Well, it's a problem that a lot of us face, unfortunately. You know, if you're an artist selling paintings or a craftsman selling a one-off wood carving for example they certainly have a content advantage there you know every single post can be unique it's interesting because it's original and it'll be beautiful visually as well so it's going to be easy to blog about that and to share it and talk about it it's much harder for you know especially b2b uh, e-commerce sites where maybe they're selling screws and bolts and washers for other products you know it's, it's very hard to try and get something interesting to talk about there one example of someone that took a 
different tact is Zappos, which is a huge shoe website, shoe e-commerce store in America, which was eventually bought by Amazon. Now, they sold exactly the same shoes as everyone else did that you can get in Walmart and all these other different stores. So they didn't make the shoes. They didn't have any real unique selling point apart from they bought in huge quantities and sold it really cheap. So there's no real value or uh, product to talk about there. So instead, they had tremendous success with their content by talking about running their company, the way that they run their business, the ethics behind it, the marketing, the technology, the work practices, things like uh, when you start at Zappos, no matter what level you start at, you always work on the warehouse floor so you can get to know how the company works. So even if you go in for a board level position, you'll be there in your yellow high-vis jacket on day one picking the orders and seeing how the entire process works. So because they had these interesting ideas about how to run a business, they had a very successful blog because of that, which drove a lot of traffic, a lot of media attention, and they got to talk about the fashion side of things as well because of that, because they became a household name. There's uh, two routes, I think, in difficult niches. The first is to talk about your business or the products that you support rather than the actual product. So, you know, try to think of different angles if you don't think that there's enough to talk about when it comes to your product. That's kind of what Zappos did. Uh, The second option is to just embrace the boringness and the geekiness of that product and know that there's going to be a very small number of people that are really, really interested in this information and they'll become your super fans. So, you know, it's not going to be millions of people watching your YouTube videos or visiting your blog. It's going to be a few people, but those few people will become very loyal customers and will be shouting about you and getting other customers uh, to your door because of the information and this geeky content that you're offering to them. You know, if you're a carpenter, a furniture maker, or a home renovator, you might be interested to know like sort of what type of screw to use for a certain type of furniture. You know, why you should choose a screw that's coated in zinc alloy or when to use a sunken screw head. You know, these things sound very boring, you know, talking about the intricacies and the differences in different types of metal screws. But, you know, there's people that use these every single day or that don't know why you should choose one over another. They'll be really interested in reading this information. So there is a market out there. You won't get millions of Facebook likes, but you could become the go-to expert for this very specific topic and create a very loyal customer base. If you sell something basic, such as, let's say, wood glue, you know, you can produce a uh, monthly YouTube video of making a different piece of furniture with this wood glue each month and embed that video into a blog post and offer the text transcript on the video on your blog as well. So that becomes a monthly blog post for you. If you sell someone else's products, interview the founders of those companies that make the products on your blog. You know, like there's a very popular podcast called How I Built This. And that is literally just a person on NPR interviewing the creators of things about how they got started, why they built the product. You know, you could do the same on your website about the people that make the products for you as well. You don't have to be a manufacturer of a product in order to offer this interesting kind of information. 
And, you know, you can also talk about how your business is doing. It's very fashionable at the moment to have an open business where you share your revenue and profit numbers openly to the public so they can see how you're doing. And it makes people feel like they're part of your journey, that they're part of your company and your family. And you can also share your future goals as well so people can get behind you and try to get you to your targets as well. I, that's possibly one of the most comprehensive answers I think you've ever given to one of my questions, Rob. It's fantastic <laughs> stuff. So, um, okay, let's talk about the blog itself and uh, the technical side. Where should you host the blog, Rob? Well, ideally, you want your blog in a blog or article subfolder on your main website. So if, for example, your website is redrobinwoodglue.com, you can host your blog on redrobinwoodglue.com forward slash blog. You know, try not to use a subdomain or a different domain. Otherwise, your blog won't help your e-commerce store at all with SEO and vice versa. So if you start a brand new blog, if you put it in a subfolder, it's going to get all of the value and authority and trust that your e-commerce store does. If you put it in a subdomain, you'll be starting from the beginning and it won't have any of that authority. There's reasons why people do use subdomains still because there's some platforms where you can't host it in a subfolder. Uh, such as uh, Ghost is a very popular alternative to WordPress, but it runs on a very specific technology. And as a result of that, you tend to get Ghost to host it themselves at ghost.org, um, or you have to have a separate server that runs it. So you have to go for the subdomain approach. They do offer a subfolder option, but only on the enterprise plans, which are quite expensive. Uh, with Shopify, it does support blogging now, so you can just use the Shopify platform itself to host your blog. WooCommerce obviously supports blogging because it's based on WordPress, so uh, you've got all of that power of WordPress behind it. And with Magento, I usually find the best thing to do is for people to install a copy of WordPress in a blog folder within the Magento installation, so you don't have to use the Magento admin to create these content pages. How about something like Medium.com and the other content platforms? Are they are they worth looking at or investigating? Well, Medium can be great for attracting new readers and customers because if they're really, if they're already reading a related article, it might suggest your article as the next thing that that person reads. It's a bit like YouTube, really. You know, sort of, you don't get any SEO value really behind it but you do get the traffic and the exposure because of it, but you don't really have any control over the content. Medium does allow you now to add a canonical tag, going back to your own website on Medium articles though. So you could post a article on your own blog and then post the same content to Medium and point the canonical tag back to your original blog post. So you still get that SEO value, but you know, sort of whether you want to do that is questionable. It depends on how much traffic you're really gonna get from Medium. Now consider any platform that's not on your main website as a PR or social media exercise, not a content or branding exercise, you know, because you don't have any control over that. You should just treat it as a piece of exposure rather than something to build that brand. Use them to get new people to your website, not to give your company and voice uh, to new existing customers. Perhaps publish industry opinion pieces on Medium. Uh, you know, as an alternative or any content that doesn't fit the main voice of your blog. You know, if your blog is talking about sustainability of trees, for example, if you're a furniture creator, 
then if you're writing about how um, you know chairs have evolved over time, it might not fit in with your original blog content. So if you don't want to create a whole new category, a whole new blog about it, perhaps you could post it on Medium and have it as a different way to drive traffic to your site from there. So should every e-commerce website then have its own blog, Rob? I would say yes, but it doesn't have to be like everybody else's. You could publish just once a month, but that one article could have, you know, three to 5,000 words and it can be a game changer for your industry or customer base. It could be like a week's worth of research into a topic or so much data that people quote it all the time. Or you could post daily with short sound bites, such as pictures and stories about how your customer is using your product. You know, if you sell furniture, again, as an example, you could blog about how your furniture is made or the varieties of woods that you can get to build furniture with, you know, high res photography of those specific types of woods with different varnishes on maps of where the woods is uh, grown and originates from, uh, like where the trees are sustainably grown versus, you know, sort of cut down without any sustainability in mind. You could talk about your company ethics and tree planting strategy. You could even interview everyone in your own company and tell their life story about how they got to where they are, why they love your company and where they think the future of your company holds, you know, sort of where they think your products will end up being. If you drop ship, let's say furniture, for example, again, and have no employees, offer big discounts to existing customers in exchange for them taking photographs of their furniture in their home you can almost become like an interior design website from it you know ask them to tell you about why they chose that specific furniture where it's used who's it used by what they love about it and if they're planning to use any other furniture from your site or other sites to match in with that you know you can always become like sort of a style guide in your own right well, I fancy setting up a show home in my flat right now, Rob. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this may be an obvious statement, but I gather a blog is, is good for SEO as well then. Definitely, especially if you put a lot of valuable content in there. It can drive long tail traffic to your product pages, uh, which could possibly never rank for those uh, terms. So if it's a term which is someone doing research, your product pages will probably struggle to rank for those terms. Uh, just based on uh, what their user intent is. It also captures people at the start of the buying journey rather than your product pages probably capture people a lot further down the line in the uh, sort of comparison and the buying stage of their consumer journey. You have the ability to request an email and then send a discount to encourage conversions as well from your blog posts. So if they're not an existing customer, you know, they can... Uh, become a member of your newsletter and then convert into a customer. Blogs also uh, give value and depth to your brand. If the person doesn't know your brand and they see your blog, they can see that you're a real company and you have a passion for your products. It adds trust as the the reader can start to feel like they know you because they've heard you through your blog talk about these things. It also helps with Google personalized search as well. You know, happy readers of your content are more likely to see your product pages higher up in the search results just because they go to your site so often. Google thinks that those people are very interested in your specific brand. So if they search for a commercial term, they're more likely to see those products higher up the search result pages. 
great stuff. So obviously we're asking people to, you know, put blogs on. You can see the advantages of having that, certainly for the SEO services. So how can people promote their blog content once it's up there? Well, if you have an existing customer base, the best thing to do is to send your content out to them. If you have their email addresses, only offer a few paragraphs from each article to them. And it means that they basically get fed into your web page rather than reading the whole thing in their email. It's a lot more likely to be shared if it's on a web page rather than in an email. Even though people do forward emails, it can be seen as a very personal thing in email. So it's unlikely to get shared to many people that the person doesn't already really trust, like a family member. Whereas if you send them to a web page and you remember to put your social buttons on there, so your content can be shared with like buttons and Facebook share buttons, you know, it's a lot more likely to generate more traffic and more social attention. If you're just starting out, you really should consider putting a small budget into paid social media campaigns. You know, you can boost a tweet or a Facebook post announcing your new article for as little as $50 and get thousands of views as a result of that. So have a look into that as well. You don't have to spend big money. The uh, option to boost or amplify your post is actually quite cheap comparatively to uh, the main big paid ad campaigns that people try to sell you so you know try to get it as cheaply as possible just to drive that traffic into your blog slowly and get those regular visitors also try and find every related blog and news site and industry association and offer to guest write for them for their own site and you'd obviously be able to link back to yourself from that or ask if you can give an expert opinion on something that they're writing about in their next article and you'd also get a link back to you as a citation And from that, you get both the SEO value of the link, plus also new readers being fed into your site that you can then convert into your email newsletter as well. And make sure you prompt users as soon as they visit one of these blog content pages, ask them to join your newsletter so they keep coming back. Great stuff, Rob. Uh, As comprehensive as we have come to know from you. Really, really good stuff. Uh, Talking there today uh, on the big topic that is blogging for e-commerce websites. Now, of course, talking about websites, we have our own. You'll find that at ecommerce.fm, where a full transcript of today's show is there. So you can go back. You can obviously either listen again or go and have a good read and maybe take some notes from there and, uh, and, and make some action points as well. Of course, you'll find all the links to our social media channels from the website too. So come and follow us there. Um, Give us some suggestions. You can ask us questions. You can suggest ideas for future topics for the podcast as well. And of course, most importantly, and I'm going to be really outrageous here, please give us some really fantastic positive reviews because undoubtedly they help us in those SEO terms of listening. So uh, yeah, leave us a review on whichever platform that is that you're listening to today's podcast on. But in the meantime, uh, have a great week. Uh, Continued success to you all. And Rob, we'll speak to you again very soon. Looking forward to it. This is eCommerce FM, the eCommerce SEO podcast with Rob Carey and Matt Young.